0: There are a lot of movies out there, and thanks to the internet, we have access to more and more with each passing day. I've taken it upon myself to dredge those depths to see what I can find, and present to you the cursed objects and hidden treasures that are out there. So I hope you'll join me as I sail down the bloodstream, and this is Netflix November. <laughs> Welcome aboard streamers, this is episode 16 of The Bloodstream, the first episode of Netflix November, and I am your host Jason Gray. So what's the deal with Netflix November? Well I noticed I was getting really mired in doing movies on Amazon because quite frankly that's where a lot of the cheesy movies are, but I don't always want to do cheesy movies and I don't want to always be doing Amazon movies. So I made the decision, you know what, after the Halloween hell I just went through, I'm gonna sit down and I'm going to do an entire month of movies from Netflix. Part of this was inspired by watching a movie recently that really caught my attention. And since it's a new movie that's only on Netflix, at least in the United States right now, I really wanted to use my platform to talk this movie up because that's what this is here for. But as I said, Netflix November is going to be a little different because all Netflix and this one in particular is going to be different. This is actually not a horror movie. I'm going completely off book here. This week's movie is straight-up science fiction. And no, it's not time travel, although that would be a safe assumption to make. And while it's not a horror movie, it does have the occasional bit of horrific imagery and disturbing thing going on. I'll get to those later on. This week's movie is Other Life. You probably haven't heard of it, but it had been on my radar for a while. I'm a fan of the star of the movie, Jessica DeGau, and I really hope I pronounced that correctly. I have a thing about getting names right, so if it's wrong, I'm sorry. I first saw her on Arrow and have been a fan of hers since, and so I was looking at her upcoming projects and saw Other Life, which was in production at the time. The plot intrigued me because it was science fiction and deals a lot with memory and consciousness and stuff like that, but it wasn't out yet, so it got pushed to the back of my mind. One day I was trying to find something on Netflix to use as background noise while I was trying to sleep, and I was a little tired of listening to Mystery science theater, even though that's usually great, I just- I needed a break. I was flicking through what was new on Netflix, and I saw Other Life, I'm like, wait, is that the movie I've been waiting for? Did a quick check, saw it was, and I'm like, all right, I don't really want to watch it now because I know I'm going to fall asleep in like 10 minutes, and I did. I liked what I did see, though, so the next night came around, like, well, I'll put it on again. It was nice and relaxing for what was there for background noise. I'm weird. And I fell asleep again. The next night, I was still doing some stuff while I was kind of sitting in bed, you know, finishing up some stuff and Netflix was going, and I got completely sucked into watching the first half hour of the movie. And then fell asleep because I couldn't keep going. But I woke up really early for me and I'm like, well, I got time to kill, let's throw the movie back on. I figured I'm probably gonna fall asleep again, but let's see how far we'll get, and I was totally sucked into this movie. I eventually had to stop and get out of bed just because it was getting too late and I had to go make coffee. But once that was done and i was sitting at my actual computer i finished the movie right away that that right there that is what i want the show to be all about sometimes finding a movie that sucks me in so much i literally did not want to go back to sleep because i was enjoying the movie and so i knew i had to spread the word about the movie and um spoiler alert uh i kind of liked it speaking about spoilers since this is a very new movie and not a lot of people will have seen it, and hopefully I get you to go see it, I left a note for myself in my notes saying, dude, try and avoid spoilers? I I can't avoid spoilers. This movie is so packed with stuff, and there are some really big twists further down the line, but in the middle of the movie, so I can't really talk about what's after them without (sighs) spoiling the stuff in the middle, which is really important to the story. I tried to do my best to write notes that didn't really spoil much but at some point it became clear there's no way to talk about this movie in depth as I do and not give spoilers. So you're good for about the first half of the movie where I'm just kind of talking casually about stuff but at some point we're going to reach a point where I'm going to say look it's time for you guys to clock out and go watch this movie and stop listening to me and I'll let you know when that is but I'm also not going to stop you if you want to jump out right now which quite frankly you should. You should go and see this movie as clean as possible if you can. So, what's this movie actually about? Other Life is set in a near future world, specifically Australia, where a tech company is kind of developing this VR sort of drug that will allow people to experience a single day's worth of memories in a short span of time as a kind of uh, a virtual experience, I guess. I I don't have any other better way to put it. So like you could spend a day snowboarding around the Alps before going to work, or go for a swim off the Great Barrier Reef on your lunch break. Stuff like that, you get the idea. Things go horribly wrong at some point. Uh, So that's the general idea. I actually have a trailer this week. It's mostly a musical trailer, so there's not a lot of stuff going on, but enjoy it for what it is. Take a break, I'll take a break, and I'll be right back in a few minutes.
1: Do you want to go again? I think I'm good here.
2: before you can do it again. You've done this before you can do it again. You've done this before. You can do it again.
0: As I said, the film stars Jessica DeGau as Ren Amari, the lead programmer for Other Life. She had a brother, Jared, who fell into a coma after a terrible swimming accident, where he ended up drowning. This singular event drives moment of Ren's character throughout the movie. She feels responsible for what happened to Jared. Her developing of the other life software is secretly a means to try and reconstruct his brain so he can get out of the coma, but she needs funding and equipment and research, so, so she partnered up with someone to present it as what I described earlier. Working on the technology also drove a wedge between her and her father because he was initially developing it and After hitting some roadblocks and being a little more willing to let Jared go, he started to backburner the project, and Ren basically stole the project from him, registered the trademark, and started working on it on her own. The movie opens up with Ren reliving that day when her brother drowned, thanks to the other life drug. Right out of the gate, this movie is already rife with metaphor. She's trapped in her guilt, and not just reliving it in her own memories, but literally using other life makes it far more real. She's trapped in an all-too-familiar cycle of grief and regret that a lot of us can fall into, and she's basically reliving it through metaphor with the drug. This all leads into some flashbacks with her trying to get uh, drug approval, and that's a decent enough place to drop in a clip because it kind of sets up what the drug is.
1: Okay, I'm ready to begin. Exceptional academic record.
2: Ending four years ago. My brother. I remember hearing about that. My condolences. He survived, actually. I wasn't aware. That's okay. Now, this technology. We've read the literature. Classification is proving difficult. Can you tell us how it differs from other controlled substances? To begin with, it's not a drug, it's... Biological software. You program new memories. We create experiences. Indistinguishable from the real thing.
1: As far as the brain is concerned, fantasy and reality are chemically identical.
2: The most published expert on this technology is your father. He's been quite vocal about the dangers involved. He writes here. Prolonged exposure could lead to a range of physical symptoms from arrhythmia to seizures, even brain death. That's right. So there are risks. Abuse of
1: any substance is risky. Your brain is already firing billions of neurons a second. We're just giving them a script to follow. The software builds from fragments of your subconscious. It becomes part of you like any other memory. We tell you the story of a day, one day, where everything happens just the way it should. Perfect.
2: No chance of it lasting any longer.
1: None whatsoever.
0: After doing some tests on her brother at the hospital, she heads into work, where they're about six or so days away from actually launching the project. And there's still a few kinks to work out. And that means more testing on live subjects which means Ren because no one knows the system and the code like she does also who's going to say no to a rock climbing holiday right one could argue that spending all this time snowboarding around the alps is a little bit of padding but i'll allow it for several reasons one you have to sell the technology you have to sell it as being real memories so you gotta show us the goods right it also shows the good side of the technology before things go wrong It's just a simple, fun memory insert that lets you spend a day in the Alps. You gotta spend this time with it in order to sell everything else that's gonna come in the movie. It also serves to show that things remain far from perfect at this point in development. Ren hits a glitch in the simulation and gets stuck in there for six days. Fortunately six days of other time is only a few moments out here in reality. But it's basically six days of reliving the same day over and over in excruciating perfect detail until Ren can drag yourself out of it this is not a very vfx heavy movie it doesn't need it but they do know when to throw in just a touch they do know when to throw in just a touch of cgi as the glitching day starts to crumble and it gets a little bit inception-y and it just the right use to break the reality that you're seeing oh and just as a little aside there's a moment here and that's the real reason i love this movie They bring up that classic myth of we only use 10% of our brain and they smack it down hard. Thank you. I'm so tired of that myth. We still hear it all the time in any of these movies where people are expanding their minds and here comes other life to say, no, that's not right. At this point in time, there are pretty much only two restrictions to the tech. Inserting long-term memories beyond the length of a day and creating an interactive level to it. Right now, it's really just reliving a day as it's been programmed. It's a very linear story, there's no branching off or anything like that. You get the sense early on that these are more than possible to do, especially with things like the six-day glitch, but Ren is keeping them under wraps just because they're so dangerous and they can go horribly wrong. And I've been talking for a while here because there's not a, a lot to clip in from this movie, so I'm going to drop in a quick clip here to kind of break things up. It's another visit with the drug administration, kind of explaining a little bit more of the drug and the side effects and stuff like that. Enjoy the clip.
2: What about these papers coming out of Europe and China? Discussing medical applications, Alzheimer's, ALS, dementia.
1: In theory, you should be able to patch a damaged brain like software.
2: But ethically complex. You're quite literally putting ideas into people's heads. Is that a question? You have no other applications in mind for other life.
0: Oh yeah, Ren also has a boyfriend Danny floating through the plot, but she's so busy with work and so consumed with her grief that his constant attempts to connect and do stuff with her are just constantly brushed aside. He accepts it because he also works at Other Life and he knows, you know, it's crunch time now, but you can see the relationship is a little strained because of everything she's doing. Ren gets called to a meeting with her estranged father because he wants to have a talk with her about what to do with Jared. He's Prahe through his grief. He wants to let his son go, rather than just let him sit comatose in a bed for the rest of his life. But like I said, Ren literally remains stuck reliving that day over and over again, which makes her unable to let go, and their meaning makes for a good clip.
3: Didn't expect to see the real you.
1: You'd rather do it by email?
3: No, I wanted to talk. I simply presumed that you'd be too busy. Now, of all times? Will you at least come down here?
1: We launched Monday.
3: Other life. Even the name suggests some sort of opiate.
1: Products need commercial application to get funding.
3: Regardless of what you have to sell to get them there. Bringing joy to people is a worthy ideal, I grant you. Then again, heroin was invented to cure morphine addiction.
1: I made progress.
3: Behavioural awareness?
1: Maybe. His eye moved. It's just a twitch. It doesn't sound like No, much. it's not. Okay, but if he's in there, then all he needs is a way out. It's just oh, something please, to hang on stop.
3: to. Are you still getting that glitch? It's just bad code. Like addiction, PTSD. Depression. That's bad code too, except the mind is more than yep. just a collection yep. of binary yep. switches. Here we
1: go with your spiritual rationale.
3: Don't insult You
1: me. have given up!
3: I'm sorry. I have another class.
1: You can't unplug him without my consent.
3: I can. I'm not asking you for your permission, just your support.
0: After that she heads into work and has a meeting with her partner Sam, who wants to talk about how much money the company is bleeding before they're even to market. He's got a means to keep things going, but it's with the Department of Corrections who would love other life to be used to do virtual sentences of prisoners inside their minds and basically serve out an entire 1 year, 5 year, 10 year sentence in a matter of minutes or an hour or, or whatever. I can kinda see the practicality behind that, but I can also kinda see the horrificness behind it too, and that will become clearer later. And ultimately, I side with Ren, who is against it to say the least. It's quite literally the opposite of what she's trying to do with her brother, arguably cruel even if it is efficient, and she has a great line as for her reason why. We're trying to broaden minds, not put them in a box. That sums her character and arc up perfectly. Danny comes along and eventually drags her away for a break. She lets him try the snowboarding simulation. And while he's doing his thing, she goes off to do a little more work on the home computer. And Danny finds the drowning simulation for her brother Jared. He takes it, has a bad reaction because basically his brain thinks he's drowning and things just don't go well. Danny ends up dying from this, and it is the worst thing that could happen for the company at the worst possible time, beyond more than just the loss of a life, which is a tragedy in and of itself. There's legal issues with unsanctioned drug testing on a person, there's the death itself. It goes on and on and leads into the next clip, when Sam and the company's lawyers have a proposition for Ren on how they're going to proceed.
2: Ms. Amari, this is Ms. Wilson from the Attorney General's office. Pleasure. And Mr. McLean, Mr. Department of Corrections. Amazing technology, Miss Amari. Truly remarkable. They have enough to go to trial. Realistically, we're looking at 10 to 15. And while I'm sure I could plea down, this... this is an offer of deferred prosecution. If you're compliant with the terms, the state has agreed not to press charges. Charges? Unauthorised human testing, drug fraud, malpractice. And all you have to do is agree to be a test subject in a virtual confinement program of one year. Sam, what have you done?
1: The best I could to save my lead programmer. No, 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 um, no, I'm not, I'm not compliant. Wren, these people can keep it out of the press. They've agreed to inject enough capital to get us over the finish line. Other life can live. How long have you been planning this behind my back? A year in virtual confinement is a minute of your life. A minute to save everything. No. No. Wren, you gave Danny an untested sample and he died.
3: Consider the alternative. The confinement program is the longest simulation we've run. At 365 days, it far exceeds our 24-hour limit. The subject will be in a limited environment, which includes food, hygiene facilities, and a daily reset to give the brain a sense of continuity. There really isn't much more you need for solitary confinement. Are you ready? One year.
1: And you ran the exit routine. Sometimes you code these circular module dependencies. Ren. You have had to use one of those. No. Base of the skull. Straight into the limbic. Don't fuck it up. Is there
0: a problem? So Ren agrees because what other choice does she have? And she spends the next quote unquote year pretty much trapped in a single box. The primary feature is a large wall-sized LCD screen with the only thing on it the day of her incarceration, starting at 001 of course. And that will slowly tick over with each passing day, and that's kind of horrifying in and of itself. This giant screen you have to stare at all day long, with nothing else except gray walls. We spend a lot of time with Ren going through her days. The endless monotony of day after day after day. And this is gonna vary for people. But for me, I think they spend just about the perfect amount of time making us go through this with her. You want the audience to feel the tedium. You want them to go through this with her. You want them to feel the monotony. You want them to know the horror of this, how uncomfortable it is. You really end up feeling for Ren as you're pretty much along for the ride with her. The cinematography at this point is pretty great too because, well, you're trapped in a confined small box and it really sells that cramped, confined, closed-in space and you really start to feel claustrophobic the longer this goes on. For this entire set of scenes, you're just in this box seeing these four walls right up against Ren. The irony that's found in all this, though, is that this fake year she's going through, it actually gives her the time to think. An entire year to just sit there, in a box, thinking. And she thinks about her brother, naturally. And on the one hand, she does do a lot of work of stuff that might actually help him, but I also think it gives her the time to think and process and get away from reliving the day literally with other life, and it finally gives her the chance to process through her grief and start to move on. But finally, FINALLY 365 days pass. Ren stares at the wall of screen waiting for her confinement to be over, and the system glitches and restarts at day one. Ren freaks out as anyone would. Because her first thought is surely, the other times Byron has written bad code and caused a glitch, the last time we saw her stuck in six cycles, is she going to be stuck in here for six years? I would lose my shit. This is the definition of worst case scenario. She tears apart the cell. As anyone would. And... Alright, okay. Guys, this is the point. I'm trying my damnedest, but there is no way I can not spoil things thing beyond this point. This is the point of no return. If this setup sounds at all interesting to you, bail out now, I urge you. Stop listening to my dumb voice and go watch this movie. Because right after this is deep spoiler territory, and we're going for the deep dive. Last chance? Alright, you've been warned, you've had your chance, get ready. On your own heads be it from here on out. While tearing apart her cell, Ren finds some loose bits deep in the back of the area where the food appears, and she keeps pulling at them until she basically rips off a back panel of the cell, which should not be possible because this is just a simulation box in her brain and there should be nothing beyond it, right? Well, instead she crawls out and finds herself in a very abandoned warehouse. It's still being maintained, there's still stuff there for providing her food, but the cell is stuck in the big empty cavernous space. There's a control room where security guards would keep an eye on her. And now, this could go one of two ways. One, she's either still in the simulation somehow, or B, Sam created this as an elaborate scheme, taking advantage of her situation, getting her out of the way, and taking over the company. First time I watched this, I didn't know which way I wanted it to go more. I would have been perfectly happy with either scenario, and that is the reason I was so sucked in and kept watching. That uncertainty of which way the story could go, and not really caring because either one would have been a good story to tell. And folks, we're only halfway through the movie. The security guard finally shows up and chases her off, and Ren tries to process everything she's experiencing right now. Because as far as she or the audience can tell at this point, this last year of her life has been a complete lie. It's not a simulation, she's not waking up five minutes after going under, she's last a year of her life. She's had her company stolen, she doesn't know the fate of her brother, it would drive anyone mad. She's wandering around Sydney, Australia, so it, it can't be a simulation, right? Byron couldn't have coded all this, and why would he? And again, I apologize for no clips but there's not much going on here because we're spending a whole lot of time inside Ren's head. See what I did there? It's a lot of visual storytelling and… feeling of uncomfortableness in this, at this point. She does the first thing she can think of and heads to her old apartment, which she discovers has been leaked to someone else because she's been gone for a year. Sam shows up to try to grab her since he heard she's on the loose. There's a bit of a chase and she makes her way to a former associate from other life and she gets a bit of a bombshell in the next clip. Hello.
1: Cass. Cass Ren. Bullshit. Oh my god. Oh my god. You have no idea how good this tastes. You did not think it was strange that I stopped showing up for work? Everyone said you cashed out. Without saying goodbye? Yeah. I deleted you from my phone. We all assumed you were off drinking vino on the balcony of your villa. Do I look like I've been in Italy? No. You look like shit. So where have you been? You sound crazy. Well, it's all been pretty normal so far. Okay. After Danny died, they offered me a plea to test the confinement. Stop. What? The sample that I gave Danny must have had bad code. hold on. Something that I missed.
2: Drowning. I'd almost get out and then I'd be under again, over and over. I woke up in hospital. I did test for a week, but I was fine. Sent you a million messages. Figured you just want to be left alone. Anyway, five days later we launched. <laughs> I mean, it was wild. Yeah. First run sold out in three hours. Everyone's options went through the roof. Heaps in development, education, military training, huge budgets.
1: And porn. Of course. And what about confinement? It's the backbone of the company. They're legislating consecutive programs stretching it to 10, 20 years, served another life. There's a senator in the US who's pushing for multiple life sentences. We're talking centuries. That's not what it's for. I need to see what they've done to my software.
2: Look, no one, He's happier to see you than me, really. But you're free. Walk away, we'll help you do it. Money, whatever you need. I mean, if Sam's gone this far, who knows what else he's capable of. it matters. I'll come with you if you like.
1: I don't need to see that code. And then what? I just, I need to see you it. You need to
2: regroup, go somewhere safe. Take your time and then when you're ready, we'll, we'll do everything you need. We'll get a lawyer, talk to the media, expose how they stole your company. I don't give a
1: fuck about a company. I could never understand why my father wouldn't just fix him and bring him back. And what's the point of being a genius if you don't do anything with it? And we needed money for research and he kept turning down offers. So I registered the patent. My dad's patent. And I started Other Life. I was going to do what he couldn't. I was going to bring my brother back and we would be a family again. So I don't care about a company, that is not what they stole.
0: And this was the point where I decided this was almost certainly a simulation. Danny being alive was a little bit too much of wish fulfillment as the brain tried to process everything going on. Still Sam could have really lied about it and I would not put it past him and think could still go either way. This still plays out perfectly fine as a plot to try to retrieve her code and company or save her brother and that would have been a great way to go with it. If the movie continues at this point and we find out she's literally been trapped all this time, that would have been fine. Also, if this is a simulation, it gives us some extra time with Danny, a chance to say goodbye, a chance to process <laughs> through that grief. So they break into other life to steal back her code, they're on the run with that, but they need a printer to create the drug and the only other one they know of would be at her father's cabin out in the woods somewhere. Her father shows up and they have another chat about what's been going on and where she's been and that's the next clip.
1: Danny Low, this is my father, Dr. Robert Amari.
0: Hi, Dr. Amari.
2: Fred all your work,
0: the
3: chemist. Yes, good to finally meet you. Sam Murphy called my office. He was exceedingly charming, so I knew something was amiss. What did you steal?
1: It's my work. He stole it first.
3: I know how that goes.
1: You filed the missing persons report.
3: Jesus, I was scared. What did they do to you?
1: It all started with Jared's diving simulation, a perfect recreation of that day at the beach. You took it, and you drowned. The software wasn't faulty. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. It gave you the experience of being underwater, and then your brain filled in the rest. And the result was a seizure. Right, but I, I, I didn't want to drown. But you didn't know that you had a choice. The point is, the simulation wasn't linear. You're able to choose a path, and subconsciously, you chose a bad one. That's what I was trying to offer Jared. Choice. I was hoping that he would remember the accident differently and wake up. What I created was a version of other life that lets you rewrite your memories. That's dangerous, that's a drug. That's what they're refining.
3: Holy shit.
1: They're not there yet. Byron's good, but he's not that
3: good. Yeah, well, we've got time to time something. I'll call the TDA in the morning and raise a safety challenge. That'll tie Sam up in review while we figure out our next step. How long do you think it'll be before they finish this thing? Ren? You've already finished it, haven't you?
0: Ren at this point really has no care for her own well-being or safety. All she cares about at this point is saving her brother. And she doesn't care if she captured or killed, she just wants to make sure all her hard work is used to bringing Jared out of his coma. After that, she doesn't care. She gets to the hospital, she gives him the drug, and he wakes up. But then he starts to immediately crash, giving Ren the relief she needs as her brother finally truly passes on, no longer stuck between a state of life and death. It even forces her to be the one to finally pull the plug and let him go. And I love how this plays back to the opening line of the movie. Do you want to go again? At the time, it means, you know, do you, want to, do you want to go back out and for a swim in the ocean? At this point though, the line may not be spoken, but with the drug being in Jared, you can kind of envision him having that moment again. And no, he doesn't want to go again. He doesn't want to redo this and drown again. Let him go. Ren is sitting there processing her her brother dying and Ren starts to have visual glitches and that's when she starts to clue in that yes this is indeed still a simulation and it has been a simulation ever since she got put in the box she heads off to the shore where her brother essentially died everything coming full circle in her life she walks off into the waters drowning in the virtual world and being reborn into the real one And the fact that a large chunk of this movie is revealed as being, essentially, it was all a dream type storytelling, probably makes it surprising that I love this movie. But Other Life gets it right. This. This is how you pull off it was all a dream type stories. You gotta make the dream part of the story. It has to mean something to the character. And you have to do something with it. It can't just be a cheap scare and oh no we were only kidding. This entire quote-unquote dream was integral. To Ren's entire character arc in the movie she needed the dream to get past her brother and Danny and get to know what her what it was like to have her work stolen just like her father did this whole sequence of events was a giant learning experience on everything that had gone wrong in her life at her own hands in the last year but she eventually comes out of the simulation and And i'm not gonna lie the first thing she does is punch sam in the face for everything that happened in the simulation it's kind of wonderful you might be saying but he didn't do any of those things well sure but slow your roll there he ends up doing more than enough to deserve it we'll get to that i still would say he deserved it just for plotting to get her into the incarceration for even just a year that was bad enough she storms out and has a few moments to collect her thoughts makes a couple decisions, has a chat with Sam and her dad, and another phone call later. And that'll be the next clip.
1: Partner? Sorry about the nose. It's okay. (laughs) Maybe I pushed a little hard on this virtual confinement thing. Yeah, about that. I'm going to withdraw. What? Wait. What are you saying? I will take my time. Wrap up R and D. The company is yours, but the patent stays with me. (laughs) What fucking use is that? Danny died. Look. And what happened to you in there? me.
3: A colleague told me what Sam did.
1: You get to say I told you, sir.
3: So long as you're okay.
1: I'm fine. It's over.
3: Good. Confinement. Unbelievable.
1: Dad. Wow. Let's go to the hospital. Are you sure? I am.
3: I'll make the arrangements.
1: Need to see I to something. I told you. Five minutes in
0: person. So she heads in to see what the big deal is. Sam and Byron kind of chatter up a bit and show her the brain scans that were running while she was in the simulation. And they point out at some time in the simulation she liked it. They want to know what's going on. Byron realizes that she might have rewritten the code somehow on the fly in her brain. And that's a huge breakthrough. And get comfy because I'm diving right into another clip and um. It builds up to what might be one of the single most horrific things I have ever seen.
1: To our resident genius.
3: Oh, not me. You, dumbass.
1: Okay, what's going on? You feeling good? Let's talk about that. Look at the limbic. I was scared. Yeah. Here you're scared. Here you like it. Tell me what was so good about being in that cell.
3: I know she. fucking broke out! Oh, screw the prison. Make me a drug that
1: gives people fully interactive experiences. No, 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 no. We, have, we have done this. What? It doesn't matter.
3: This, this is a major breakthrough. This is gonna save our company. I, there's enough data here to reverse-engineer the code, right? It's rough. Another trial with a conscious interaction would be... Useful. Oh,
1: okay, whatever. A few tweaks, of course. But I've uh, been you two do that no, thing I, you do I, I, so well... I'm not going back. You're the only one who can. It's not going to be anyone. You
2: fucking owe me! Remember, just remember
1: when we started this. Yeah? I was working in app development. You were writing that piece so someone could understand. And now, look at us we about to change the world. I'm sorry. What no, just, just. you said. <laughs> Please. Please. That's what you said to me. That's what we're supposed to be doing. If you'd share this discovery, we could make that possible. But if I can't change your mind, then what about this? What the fuck? Did I get up? You oh, son of a bitch! It's it's just a minute. Relax, relax, relax. It's okay. It's just a minute. Hook it up! Byron! You want to be rich? Do it! No. The sooner we get the fucking data, the sooner we can
3: get her out! Are we good? Are we good?
0: It's online. It's working? It's, it's online?
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sam... Sam does the worst thing ever. He grabs an other life delivery packet with the jail simulation, holds Ren down, and forces it into her eye, knowingly Plottingly making her go through another year in the box. It is, I, this is monstrous on a level I can't even put into words right now. Ren, however, does have the advantage of A, she's done this before, and two, knows the simulation in and out and has already rewritten it. She basically meditates her way through the year. I wonder if that's clever editing just to get us through it quicker? And she actually did the whole eat, sleep, wake and repeat cycle or if she instead used her knowledge of the code to essentially do a incarceration speed run. She wakes up forcing her way out of the simulation. The system crashes because it has no idea what's going on. Byron and Sam are too distracted by the crash to notice immediately that Ren is awake. She grabs Sam from behind and in a most glorious comeuppance smears some of the drug running down her face into Sam's own eye so he can get a taste of his own medicine. He wanted to know what it was like so badly? Go for it yourself. He deserves every last day in that simulation. Byron wants to get him out, but Ren is kind of on my side on this and more than willing to let him go through every single 365 day cycle. Ren keeps Byron away and holds off on shocking Sam out of the system until she knows he's gone through suffered the same horror of watching the simulation tick back over from 365 all the way back to 1. Maybe now he'll have a bit of a rethink about using this technology on other people. The movie ends with Ren and her father packing up her brother's belongings from the hospital and then she goes back off to the beach where this all started. Staring off into the distance, uh, life goes on. And that's pretty much the entirety of Other Life. It's a really hard movie to talk about how great it is without getting into those twists. But yeah, I, I loved this movie. I love sci-fi that has something to say that isn't a big action movie. I love big sci-fi action movies too, but for me, science fiction should be to say something about humanity, the human condition, warnings, metaphors, parables, all that stuff. And so much of that has been lost nowadays. Sitting down to watch this movie that deals with science fiction has something to say about people, about grief, and getting beyond it, and how we need to process it. This movie was such a revelation and such a joy to find. I really hope more people will go out there and watch it. The cast is great. It has a great story to tell. My only real complaint is the ending of the movie. It just kind of fades away and stops. I mean some of it feels rushed, the whole thing with putting Ren back in the box and her doing the same to Sam. It all happens like in the final moments of the film and... and It just needed something more there at the end, it feels a little rushed and then just kind of fizzles a little. It's not bad, it doesn't ruin the movie, on second watching it doesn't bother me as much, and I also don't know how else I would have ended it differently myself, so, I mean, endings are hard. This is a great movie, go watch it, I hope you watched it before listening to me ruining it. This is easily the best movie that's been on the Bloodstream, and it deserves a chance to be seen. So thanks for listening to the Bloodstream. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find our back catalog on iTunes where you can subscribe to us as well. If you'd like to leave us a review and a rating, that would be helpful too. We're also on Facebook, search for the Bloodstream. We're on Tumblr at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. If you've got comments, suggestions, movies you'd like me to see, you can either leave a comment at any of those places, or you can shoot me an email at phoenix, F-O-E-N-I-X, at gmail.com. Our music is back to normal this month with the normal intro of Baba Yaga by Kevin McLeod. You can find his stuff at Incompetech.com. Uh, some of the background music is some incidental music from Solus, which I reviewed a few weeks ago. And there's also some stuff from Audiotonics.com. So once again, thanks for listening. I was Jason Gray. Take care and keep streaming.